to the bench on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 97.5.com live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios here's John Granado and Lance Zerline Welcome back to the bench. 713-780-3776. It's Josh Jordan. It's Jerry Bow, And it's Dell behind the glass keeping us in line for the next two hours. Let's get straight to the text line. We have plenty of it. Who's better than Clowney on the Texans defense? Says 281. It's a good point, And that's what we say as well. There's holes. But at what price does that does it, does it come at? Because just because we got a hole doesn't mean that you got to pay them. And 409 says right here, Clowney's not going to get paid what he wants anywhere in capital letters anywhere, which is true. And that's why he's still on the market. But the Cleveland Browns did extend an offer to him from what I hear. Yeah, I think they offered him quite a bit of money, but I don't think he wanted to go to Cleveland. And, you know, you say who's better than, you know, Clowney on the Texans. Well, I mean, in eight games, J.J. Watt had more sacks than him last year. So when J.J.'s right, he is better. But, you know, that's the whole thing. Is J.J. going to be right? F. Pride. Coming from another person, F pride win. So that's just win win at all costs, put pride aside, which yeah. is something that I don't know if we could get that with O'Brien at the helm. I just don't know if the new offensive coordinator is going to have enough time with, with O'Brien's pride to, to be able to uh, – again, I want a clean slate for Watson. I don't want it years from now where, where they say, man, the Texans should have let O'Brien go like three years before that because he ended up wasting the great years of, of the early years of Watson. I, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear, you know what, O'Brien is gone, one, or B – he stepped back and he finally realized, hey, I got an offensive coordinator that could bring the best out of my quarterback. A or B, I'll take. Or C, whatever that may be, but as long as it entails in him stepping back in pride. Now, there ain't no pride in these guys talking about uh, the P.I. and the, the Palace Inn. They, they got their own. The Crystal Palace at Crystal Beach was the absolute worst, coming from D. Lou. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, uh, like I said, I don't, I don't remember which one I stayed in, that Crystal Palace. I think that's the one that looks like the Alamo. It's old as hell looking. When you get down there, I think right when you take the right on that seawall, it's one of those right there to the right. It's just either way it goes. I don't even know if I should, if I should flame my man, Dr. Dre, but he, he put it his, his name's onto this, and he says the, the Lisa Motel on Hempstead Highway. The Lisa Motel. Imagine the things that happened at the Lisa Motel on Hempstead Highway. I can smell it through the computer that time. <laughs> the Lisa Motel. Is it like the Palace Inn where they have like a stripper pole in the room with the little heart shaped jacuzzi? Someone else t- t- uh, t- chimed in on his on Dr. Dre's t- uh, text and said, "I had to Google Lisa Motel. Ooh, those mirrors. <laughs> That's <laughs> I mean, it's got to be bad. Again, any of these rinky dinkies, PIs, uh, any of these hourlies." You know what you were getting yourself into when you went in there. And I just, the Lisa Motel sounds like a place that has one room. Like, <laughs> y'all have anything available? We'll have it in about two hours. You got some creepy desk clerk that has some peephole that he goes to after everybody checks in. You know that stuff happens. I'll tell you what I do know happens. Charlotte Hornets radio announcer suspended indefinitely for using the N-word in a tweet. Now, there's a story to this, and you could connect it however you want to because he types John Falk. He's the uh, Hornets play-by-play guy. Shot-making in the Jazz N-word game instead of Nuggets. He uses the N-word game. is awesome. Murray and Mitchell going back and forth. What a game. Well, predictive text, right? And you start reading. Uh, you know, I went down the rabbit hole of comments and a lot of people seem to be really informed on how predictive text and how your phone starts to, I guess, mesmerize or memorize these words. And it's obvious that he's used this N-word 
on multiple occasions for his phone to use that because many people started saying, look, if I type in bigger with a B or, or I'm sorry, if I type in that word with an N, it automatically does it to, to a B with bigger. He says, so someone guy said, man, I've worked with phones. I think after 10 times of using one word over the, the traditional word that comes up, it, it automatically skips it in, I guess, priority. So whatever the case is, what do you guys think about this? Has he used this word on multiple occasions for his phone to do this? I don't know because I've never typed the word into my phone and I just did. And it didn't autocorrect to bigger. Even on even after you hit space? Yeah, it just stayed the way it is. So I'm not sure. Oof. That's. I've never typed it in, and it and it didn't correct. They're like, oh, okay, Dell's black. It's okay. He can write. <laughs> My phone knows. <laughs> Your phone gave you the thumbs up. Yeah, like, All right. We got you. We're going to let you get away with it. He's good. <laughs> let him in. But, yeah, I just – he's been uh, suspended now. Uh, I mean, and I'm real bad on it, man. I'm 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 so in the zone. I know you're reading out there like Jerry, you mess up, and it's never been with this word or anything. But like, I'll add like an extra s or something, or just just some kind of some kind of misspelling or something on on my uh, on my post because I'm going so fast talking about games. But I mean, to to this one, this has just got to be bad. I mean, I mean, imagine how you feel. Yeah, and look, we don't know whether it's the phone. Ratting on him and telling people words that he really uses. Maybe he's a fisherman, jigs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. You never know, but I don't know. It, it seems kind of – it doesn't look good. No, let's put this – he's yeah, guilty. He's I think guilty. he is. He's guilty, and so is Dell's phone for, 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 <laughs> for racial profiling here because mine – Does it autocorrect yours to a different word? I put bigger, and it says grande. So, yes, it, my phone is I don't racist think, as Josh, well. I don't think you're allowed to even type it into your phone. <laughs> his might come up in German. Yeah. Yeah. His phone might just shut off if he starts typing yeah. it. Hey, we're just going to save you right now. Yeah, no, no, I do social media for a living. I'm not running that risk. That's, yeah. that's not going know. in there. The only reason I said, because I don't, the theory is to try to say, shoot that guy some bail is to say, hey, well, the phone autocorrected, but I don't know if that's true or not. Because my phone's saying, I'm not going to autocorrect that word. You you meant to write it, so I'm going to leave it in there. And I, like I said, I've never written it to someone before. See, so. that's that's the thing, right? Because didn't you say it had to be like 10 times in your phone, and then, then your phone would recognize it? Well, all of a sudden, you know, during this pandemic, we've learned about, uh, you know, virus experts. Just all type of experts started coming out. Well, all of a sudden, I looked through that rabbit hole of and people are on that post saying, no, nah, I've worked in phones. And once you hit the 10 times, I, I believe one guy said, with that same word, it, it basically skips priority on the word that's predicted first and then so on so whatever the case is it, it's a bad look because it's how do you explain this especially being a guy a play-by-play guy you know you now you have to look face of these guys like hey there's the guy that there he is yeah <laughs> it's been a bad run for play-by-play guys yeah grant napier from the sacramento kings he got trolled by demarcus cousins and 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 I think he i think uh demarcus has something along the lines of bl sent blm to grant napier and uh, Grant Napier responded with a, a bit of a, a bit of a sentence and goes, "All lives matter, Demarcus," and he got fired. And now we've got other Charlotte Hornets guy. I, mean, I don't look. I I want to believe that. I'm sure it's an accident in this case because he doesn't mean to write the N word on a tweet. That's but sure. but it's but could a guy seriously be writing that enough that the phone doesn't correct or? Because my phone won't autocorrect to something else, so maybe that initial thing that you saw, Jerry, was incorrect. So I'm trying to figure out how it came about. How do you get from nuggets to the at other word? I don't know how you do it. I don't either. I mean, that's, they share a couple common letters, but he's got there's like plenty a, of other words, too. 
the man had a, a shack thumb. His, his thumb's just all over, three keys, four keys at a time. It's, it's a bad mistake to make. But, again, I, I just I, – I don't know if, if there's something that, that, that checks you, if, if you can put some kind of security that checks your post before, you know, like are you sure or something? Because like I, said, I have the problem all the time, but I only got like 3,000 followers. I'm, I'm a little nobody. I'm sure that some of these 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 stars have something. I know, I know Booker's Twitter is a different Twitter than what I use. I know that. Ooh, that's interesting. Well, I mean – it's funny how your phone can kind of call you out now. And I'm looking at this other, this study, your smartphone knows when you're drunk. Study says newyorkpost.com. Uh, yeah, they, they did a little study here to confirm it. Scientists had 22 adults drink a vodka cocktail in 60 minutes. And then basically the, the phone can tell by the, what, like the gate of your walk, if you're intoxicated or not, just by how you're walking, the sensors can tell by the way that, that you're, you're taking your strides and it can tell if, if you're intoxicated. And it says at the top of the article, you know, your, your smartphone knows you're drunk. Is your phone going to be able to cut you off in the near future? That should be it's a new crazy. Yeah, that should be a new function. Like your phone knows that you're drunk and then it start, you start typing out the ex. The ex girl, you know, you just seven one three three, and then it stop. It, it does like the magic eight ball little sign that says, "That's a bad idea." You remember what happened last time, you know? Just whatever the case, because this is too much for phones. I don't, I don't need all that because what's the next step? They, they, them, them knowing too much. I don't need them to know if I'm drunk. I don't need them to know what I'm doing at any time. I don't need that. My phone can plan a trip from Houston to California by simply telling me. So where the, the stops I, I need to make or the, the best route to get from one place to the other just using a car, I'm going to need it to be able to tell me, what, it's 2.15 in the morning? I'm not going to let you text this girl. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be – because nothing good – I'm going to need to let my, have my phone identify the contact, know that nothing good comes from talking to that contact, and then saying – it's too late for you to be texting her. They do that. That movie, The Intern, with like Vince Vaughn and I think Owen Wilson, they, they develop an app to where you have to like solve an equation to unlock your phone so that you can text somebody. So it's like to check your sobriety to make sure that you're sober enough to be operating your phone and you can answer this question and then, then you can reach out to somebody. So it's funny. It's already appeared in a movie. I guess the real thing's got to be out there somewhere. It's got to be. It's, it's got to be there to help you, though. It just... Hood rat, and you're like, oh yeah, I remember this was a hood rat. Don't do it. But again, when you're drunk and you're in that zone, and it's two thirty in the morning, and if you found yourself in this situation, you don't care what that phone says. You'll find a payphone. You'll find a payphone to find the palace in. That's just that's just a chain of events going on. Now, listening and watching these basketball games, you hear a lot of pause, right? Like, and you're like, what's going on here? And sometimes it's longer than others. Well, come to find out. TNT has had to drop the audio on Blazers games more than any other game because on apparently Mello on every rebound. Yeah. F out of here. Every time he gets the ball, F out of here. F out of here. It's like, do you have to say that? It's, it's like a guy that shoots on every – Kobe. You know what I mean? Like every single shot, that's what you're hearing from Mello. So if you're watching the Blazers game and you hear it just, just constantly go silent for three or four seconds at a time, it's because Mello got another rebound. What I've noticed is, and this is more sound nerd, audio nerd stuff, that ESPN, it, it appears they have their their announcers on a different, I don't know what you call it, track than the, than the, than the actual uh, game sound because they will mute the game sound because of a curse word. You can still hear, hear Mark Jones and Doris Burke talking. You can also actually hear the audio from the game itself muted as they hit the delay. 
but the announcers are fine. And normally in these instances, you don't hear anything, and then the announcers might come on and say, we apologize for whatever, we have an audio because of this or this. But they found a way to make sure the announcers can keep talking and talking about the game, but the delay on the, on the court goes until they get back to normal. I've never heard. I've never seen that before, as far as a, a broadcast before. That's great. They must just have them on a different channel. That's a yeah. great idea. It's it's uh, to be honest, man. I'm impressed of how they've they've made things work. It, it's it's on the go, just like everything else is getting learned. Uh, we're learning on the go about this rise and how, and how to tell in everyday jobs. When you went back to your job, I guarantee things were different. Imagine these guys. There's a glass between them. It's just it's just the comfort isn't there. Whenever you watch UFC, you see them separated by tables. It's just a different feel. Something they get accustomed to and. As much as I talked down on, on before I even had even heard it, the artificial crowd noise for basketball, man, it feels intense. I don't know if it's the the play by play guys that actually because yesterday when Litter was hitting those threes, I mean he was yelling like a soccer guy, Lillard, you know, and and it just it it feels real. And I think out of all the sports, basketball. I'm not sure if it's because the way the camera is in the court small rather than, you know, a big football field or baseball. However the case, it just it just plays right. It's still intense as it is. And maybe the I guess it's a pure form of basketball you're seeing. Again, no travel, no no distractions. The guys have been here locked up for a month. So, you know, there's nothing going on. No strip clubs during the playoffs. You hope unless you're Lou, you know, for the wings. But again, you just say this is pure basketball. I'm not too upset at the product. No, I, lo- I actually like it more. I love that low camera angle that we get now. It's fantastic. Hey, look, it makes the court look small, and it makes you yeah. realize how big those guys are, right? That yeah. other angle? Yeah, and the NBA pretty much made the court a stage. It's yeah. It's not simply a normal broadcast. It's pretty much like if they put, put these players on a soundstage with all the cameras, and, and, they filmed it, and they're filming it as opposed to broadcasting. They're actually filming a game like, it, like it's a movie. And I think the NFL or, or college football in general, or all football in general, depending on if they go or not, will have the biggest issue trying to duplicate a normal environment. The NBA has the easiest task. We've seen baseball at the cutouts that are kind of corny. They pump in crowd noise. I don't know how you duplicate the football environment. Like 100,000 at Kyle Field, but they're going to have, what, 20% capacity or so? See, I'm- that's the thing. Let's get to that on the other side because we saw the Chiefs. They're going to have fans for the Texans game, that that opening game. And the Cowboys are planning on having fans too. So why don't we talk about that on the other side? We'll talk Cowboys. We'll talk Texans. We'll talk a little bit of Astros again. What's wrong with Altuve? Hopefully we could get that figured out. Hopefully he gets it figured out. Hopefully he stick with us for the next hour and 45 minutes. It's The Bench here on, Monday, on ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5, we wear Boomer Naturals masks. Order now at BoomerNaturals.com and use promo code ESPNHouston for 20% off. This is The Bench on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's John Granato and Lance Zerline. Welcome back to The Bench. 713-780-3776. Phone lines are open. The text line is open as well. Let's go right there. Would not be shocked right before the season if Clowney ends up in New England. Oh, I've seen that rumor too. 
But again, it comes down to that money, and and is Belichick gonna see something that all these other teams didn't see? He's usually the one that sees things best, right? He's usually the one that lets guys go, and then he gets them a few years later for cheap, for value. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're gonna get Clowney for value. Now we got a, a a little bit of insight on the iPhone on the on the N word fake news. My iPhone didn't autocorrect it, and I don't use that word. I don't think the the iPhone will autocorrect when you type a hyphenated word. Hmm. But, I mean, that, healthy N word and hyphenated word. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I mean, I've seen it spelled a lot of different ways and said a lot of different ways, but I've never uh, seen it hyphenated. And I have an iPhone too, and I tried it the same way. And he, he's right, or she is right about that. Um, it doesn't autocorrect, but so maybe he's using an Android. Who knows? That's possible, or maybe they're not typing it in all the time. We don't know. Cricket phones automatically do that. <laughs> They automatically they come loaded it. like that. <laughs> it come. It came with the plan. Are, are you sure you didn't mean this? It came with the plan. Because usually the people who buy our phones say this a lot. <laughs> something that's being said a lot is Altuve, and there's something to the trash can banging, right? And and that this is the reason he's struggling. Well, we've gone through some numbers, and right here at SportsMap, we have a guy that writes for us, Grayson. He's actually a college baseball player. He's he's really informed on things like this. He specializes in things like this, and he went over Altuve's swing. He wrote an article. Again, you could go to SportsMap.com and check that out. But he talked about Altuve's swing and what's wrong with it. Is it mentally? Is he swinging at bad balls? What did we find out? We actually found out as he broke down his swing, and, and Grayson does this all the time. He did he did a breakdown on George Springer's swing to to kind of see what his issue is, and George found out his issue was he just wasn't getting his front foot down quick enough, and that was that was messing up his timing, and that still appears to be a bit of an issue for George as he's working through that. But when he looked at Altuve, he said his swing is pretty much exactly the same, and he, you know there's these different you know percentages that they use and they said his o contact percentage which is the contact rate on pitches outside the strike zone is 8% worse than it was last season and that's 13% worse than his career mark which Grayson says is massive so the the big deal is is usually Altuve's been a good bad pitch hitter and he's still swinging at those bad pitches, but he's not hitting them at the same percentage that he has throughout his career. Now, within the strike zone, he said Altuve's fine. His Z contact percentage is 90%, which is 3% better than it was last year. So on the balls in the strike zone, Altuve's doing okay, You know, even, even better than last year. So the big issue with Altuve is, is not only is he continuing to swing at pitches out of the zone, he's not hitting them now. So the only way to really correct this is he's got to have a little more discipline and force these pitchers to throw the ball over the plate. And we talked about this a little bit on Sunday on Monday line. It just so okay. What have we been accustomed to with with Altuve? Him being able to hit any kind of pitch. When you see man, he's hitting golf balls. He's hitting low pitches. You can't pitch around that guy. You can't. There isn't a bad pitch to Jose Altuve. He would get down, hit a low ball, and then all of a sudden it's it's in the outfield for a little single, and you wonder, man, how did he even hit that? Well, what, what's going on, I think, here is he's still swinging at those, but he's just not making contact. So even if back in the day, whenever we were giving him credit for hitting those pitches, if he didn't hit them, we'd be talking about him taking bad swings at bad pitches. That's just who he is as a player. He's just so good at hitting bad pitches that it's never really shown. Now that he's actually missing them, now you've seen the dominoes fall, the domino effect. And I've seen reports, and I guess the theory that some are using is, and it makes some sense, is – out of all the guys on that team, 
I, I think Altuve is probably held in a, in a, in a regard as being one of the nicest, you know what I mean? The good, good guy. Not to say all of them aren't, but he's that, that, that guy that everyone, you treat him as a friend, you know, he's that. He's a lovable little guy. Yeah, the lovable little guy, right? So then they say for all this to come down on the Astros, the cheating scandal and whatnot, and they, those that think that the swinging and the, and the lack of thereof hitting right now is a mental thing, maybe it, it stems down from, the cheating scandal and and what's being said about him, him being that nice guy and not willing, knowing how to play this role. He doesn't know how to play this role. And in his head, he's thinking, I didn't even use that. Because if we look at the reports, it's clear as day that he used it the least. Like, he was one of the guys that yeah. didn't. Him and Reddick and I think there were one of the other guys. That, I think it might have been Tony Kemp. There was a few of the guys that hardly used it at all. So if he if he hardly used it at all. And then it came to a point now to where he's having to swallow all of it being the MVP type player. Maybe it's just for him. He's just not built for some guys. They're built for that. Like you, you could even see maybe a Bregman. You saw Correa bite back, you know, before. But Altuve, it's hard to see him fight back because the the, the character he carries. Yeah, he's- it's like wrestling, right? Bregman can play the heel, right? I mean, that, that that's Bregman. Altuve's not that guy. And you, you bring up a good point, Jerry. Altuve kind of became the face of this thing because of all the bogus buzzer talk, and, you know, which has been, hasn't been proved at all. And, and that's that's the thing that it just during that whole talk, you never really heard Altuve say, not obviously because there was legal right ratifications going down. But but I'm talking about just overall, you you never really heard him come out and say anything. It's just not who he is. I think in his head, he just took it like, man, I think he's got to feel. This wasn't worth it, guys. He's that guy thinking, man, this isn't worth it. Why did we do this to ourselves? And in his head, he got to think, my career took a step back. We got people questioning my my my, my MVP titles. You know, my anything I've ever done has been questioned. Whenever I brought this franchise, before all you guys were around, before most of you were here, I was already here. I was here in the losing days, and now I have to eat that. And I think that's mental what's going on for him. Uh, we, we spoke about it. Was it him? In baseball, it happens often, not so often that the player comes to the coach of that caliber and says, hey, take me back in the lineup because that takes a lot of pride to do that. But some people say, man, they should have mentally, if he's struggling mentally, they should let him hit out of that. What happens later on during the year? If there's another struggle, does that are they helping him cop out on him just moving back in the lineup because other guys are hitting? They should let him hit out of it. I'm not sure where you guys stand. 713-780-3776, was that the best thing for him? Uh, just overall, what do you do with Altuve to get him going back mentally? What needs to happen? Because it's not like the team's just, they're on a win streak right now. They're, they're winning. It, it worked, right? They're winning ball games. And he actually, it's just, it just like you said, he He's, he's so accustomed to swinging at bad pitches and hitting them to when, when he's not, it's it's magnified that much more. No, th- there's no doubt about it. And you have to wonder if if this is going to continue the whole year. I mean, we're to the point now. What'd you say? We're a, a third of the way through the season? We're a third of the way through the season. He's hitting 168. I mean, just think about that. I, I think he'll be okay, but... It's between the ears, man. And that, that's why he's swinging at all these pitches out of the zone. He's chasing stuff. He's not hitting it. You have to think he'll get over it eventually, but I think I think there's something to it, that his personality is, is not like Correa. Remember, Correa you know, told everybody to shut the bleep up You know, if you don't know what you're talking about. Alex Bregman just 
is that guy that just wants to shove it in your face. And, you know, we saw it with all the dugout celebrations last year, and that's what makes Bregman Bregman. He's kind of a red ass. Whereas Altuve, that's not his personality. He's the guy that didn't want his jersey pulled off him because, you know, it was embarrassing, not because there was a buzzer. And we've seen it, too. They doctored that tape, the one where he comes right off the field after he hit that home run off of Chapman. He was on the field for like two minutes celebrating before he actually went down into the clubhouse. So that was all doctored by by fans. And I'm also seeing this tape of from the, the Dodgers-Astros World Series where there's whistling going on and they're showing all these clips of Astros home runs. Come to find out that was doctored, too. But people just want to believe what they want to believe. You know, we've actually talked about on Sports Map like putting together like a definitive, you know, reel of all the BS that's out there about the Astros and the buzzers and, and all the the fake news that's happened. So we might be doing that in the next week. So be sure to check that out. But Altuve's got to get going, man. I have no problem with him hitting down in the order, but man, no Springer, no Jordan, Brantley. Yeah, Brantley's out, and then Altuve's not hitting like he should be. It's amazing that they're winning all these games. How long can they keep this up? How long can the media keep hammering on the Astros, though, for things that might not be true? But that's what you get when you get caught with your hand in the cookie jar. The moment that you that cookie comes up missing, although you didn't need it, you're the first one that's looked at. That's just such is life, right? But we're going to get into this article next and what you guys think because this headline, butthurt Astros stars reportedly set to leave in free agency after harsh reaction to team's cheating scandal. That's what's being written out right now, uh, wrote about, let's say, because people really believe this. And some people are saying their sources within the team that these guys are booking it. They didn't. It's not worth it for them what comes with the cheating. How convenient is that? When you have Yuli last year of his deal, Brantley last year of his deal, Reddick last year of his deal. All these guys, their contracts are up. Of course, a bunch of guys are going to leave. We're going to get into that here coming up next on The Bench, ESPN 97.5. Two thousand shorties wanna tie the knot, yeah. Two hundred on my brother's block, oh, yeah. Pedal off the roads like I love a knot, maybe not. I don't know what's wrong. My name is Bob Lee, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5. Let's go. We see the hype outside, right from the house. Uh, Took it straight from outside, straight to the couch. We put the mic outside. Edit. This is The Bench on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's John Granado and Lance Zerline. Welcome back to The Bench. It's Moneyline filling in. Josh Jordan, Jerry Bow, and Dale behind the glass. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5, which is where you can find us on Twitter. You want to get in on any of this talk, Texans, Rockets. We're talking a little bit of Astros. Who, who will be in the Astros uniform is the question that's starting to arise. And Buster Only of ESPN, surprise, mm-hmm. reported that there's a perception that the Astros are facing an exodus of stars due in large part to the reaction to the team's sign-stealing scandal. George Springer, Yuli, Guriel, and Michael Brantley and Josh Reddick are all slated to become free agents this winter. Duh. So then now they're connecting the blocks and saying that some of these guys are, are, are communicating within – I guess to each other saying, man, I don't even, this isn't worth it. That Why even sign here if it comes with the, this shadow that's always going to be upon us? I need to get out of the shadow. Is there any truth to that, guys? I mean, maybe a little bit, but I think this is, 
this is money. Like Yuli came out and said, like, you know, he'd love to come back to the Astros. He's already said that. You know, we've heard from John Granado on the morning show that Springer was expecting a deal earlier this spring. It just never happened. You know, Reddick might make some sense, but I'm not, I don't think they would have brought him back anyway. You know, Brantley's an older player. A lot of people kind of assume, you know, if Springer stays, maybe he'll stay. But, you know, for me, I just think this is about contracts. If Springer gets that big deal he's looking for, he's going to take it wherever, you know, if whether it's here or somewhere else. So I just don't think so. I think Yuli would be happy to stay here. I don't buy it. I, I really don't. And Buster Olney's been on all this Astros BS from the beginning. So that doesn't surprise me. I, I'm with Josh. If If deals are handed out, market – if they're if they're fair market value or even a little bit above, guys will stay. Yuli's thirty six years old. The question will be: Will are the Astros willing to pay a thirty six year old? Now probably will be a two year deal. But Yuli is, when you look at this lineup currently, it's him when and when Brantley's healthy and Correa, the guys keeping them afloat. Are they going to give Yuli a two year thirty eight million dollar whatever whatever he's going to ask for? Are they willing to do that for a thirty six year old? I think Reddick's gone. Period. So I don't. I don't. I'm not taking that into account. I don't care. Reddick's gone, and that seems to be what was going to be the case, no matter what happened. I mean, they're free agents, sure. They, and the the signs stealing stuff is harsh, but if you tell George Springer we're going to give you, he's 30 right now. He'll be 31 by the time the year's over. We're going to give you five years, 220 or whatever the number might be. <sighs> I'm just throwing out a big number, but whatever the number is. It'll be big. He'll oh, stay. yeah, he'll get his money. He'll stay. Yeah. I mean, if it, I, I don't buy, well, they have, they're leaving because of, of, because of uh, uh, sign stealing. They're leaving because the Astros may have decided we can't pay all you guys. And we knew this problem was coming at some point with, yes. the, with, the, with the core nucleus of this team. Let's call it being young. You knew that. That's, that was a, that's why the window that you had was, was perfect. Not only did you have young hitters, you had veteran pitchers you know you had pitchers that you could trust that's what hurts about all this that's why when we talk about verlander we saw he he, he took the or, or stepped on the bump for the first time right a flat ground or actually yeah uh that that uh that is what had that window open for actually world series that's that window and it happens to any team in any sports it, it only lasts for unless you're the patriots somehow they keep pulling it yeah you have tom brady for 20 years that at helps a at a cheap price yes. you have a guy of tom brady's caliber as saying you know what i don't need that much money go ahead and give it to the guys around me that's a different situation but when you're talking about a core of of young guys and then you had your pitchers and look how drastically things fall apart the pitchers aren't even there if mm-hmm. i mean I, I don't even want to be negative on the verlander thing but say some some tommy john or whatever the news is that comes out on him we might not ever see him in an astros uniform again contesting where things are right now so all those things in mind look how drastic things change so fast and that's why the 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 window that was open and the way they were playing it was perfect so my, yeah. so my trout is uh making 35 and a half a year that's his base salary mm. and he, now this is over 12 years we all know the big deal he's going to be making that flat salary when he's 38 years old. The Angels love to give out long deals to guys who are in their prime but won't be when the deal's over. Shout out <coughs> Albert to Albert Pujols. And they gave him money after his prime, really. So let's say George gets – let's let's give a more realistic number than a large number I threw out. Let's say, they, let's say the Astros don't do the 12-year deal because that's ridiculous, for, particularly for a 31-year-old. Let's say they go five years, 
what, 160? Yeah, sounds good. It's about right. George, is George Springer turning that down? No. He's signing it quick. Yeah, he's not. It's just what concerns me is we like the whole outfield, basically, their contract's up after this season, right? And you got to figure they, they want Kyle Tucker to take one of those spots. Uh, you know, we'll see if he's good enough to, to hold it, but that has to be the plan right now. You hope Jordan is okay and, and he's your DH of the future. The other thing to consider is Zach Grinky after next year, his contract's up. I think McCullers is too. An old Grinky. Yeah. I mean, Grinky's been fantastic this year. His ERA's in the ones. You know, so if the Astros do want to make a run this year, you're going to need Grinky. But Jerry and I were talking about this before the show. If you are, you know, not feeling so, you know, if, if Justin Verlander's done for this year and next year, you know, would they consider, you know, maybe, you know, Grinky? Like, this would be the best time to deal him when his ERA's in the ones. You know, if a team wants him for this year and then they know they still have him next year and then he's off the books. Like, that's actually a pretty favorable contract the way he's pitching. And then you also look at Carlos Correa. You know, he comes off the books next year, too. And you know he's going to want a ton of money. There's, you know, we've always thought maybe he would go to the Yankees or something like that. But what about the Mets with A-Rod and his dealing with the Mets? And maybe he'll be running them at some point or, you know, being a part owner. Or You know, we're hearing rumors about that. You know, we know Correa, he seems like he wants to go to the New York market. You know, is this a time where, you know, maybe you, you might lose some of these guys anyway? You get some really good prospects back, and then, you know, you get ready to make another run in two or three years. I think James Click has to be considering that right now. I mean, the trading deadline's in just a couple weeks. That's just tough, though. Like you said, maybe set back and maybe make another run in two or three years. It's just such a step back as an organization, knowing where you were last year with those two pitchers and all those hitters, you know, it just, it didn't seem that it would fall apart so quick. And I'm not saying it's fall apart. It's Verlander, man. That's how big a difference he makes. By no means people are probably thinking they're on a win streak, bro. They got, they got a, they got a positive or a positive record, whatever the case is. I'm just saying, I don't see championship world series aspirations behind that team. I just don't not with the pitching, not being there. And if, okay, let's say Verlander doesn't have to have surgery and he comes back this year and, and, and he does all right. And we, we don't know if it ended up being that he ever fully recovered, whatever the case is, you still have to deal with that decision in the future. What's the priority? Is it for sure locking up Springer because he is a superstar. He is one of the better players in baseball, or is it, man, we gotta, we gotta, Lock down the, the arms, something. It's just, it's tough. And it's a lot of old guys. Grinky, you got Verlander. You're trusting old arms. These guys get paper. Yeah. And who's to say Verlander wants to come back? Um, he's He's got a World Series. Probably should have had two if things went differently last year. Um, how, many, how many more times does he want to uh, get ready for a season? Go through another year? So those are questions. It may not just simply be an Astros thing. It might be a Verlander saying, all right. What what would he be at the end of his day? About 37, 38 years old? Mm-hmm. How many times does he want to get it get it going again? And um think about this Astros run. Started in 2015. Um we know the, the the eighth inning against the Royals changed the complexion of that series when they're up two one at the time, could have closed them out. So how long is a realistic run in baseball? So it's we talk about retooling. It's five, I think five years is actually pretty good. Now things have kind of gone haywire because of because of Verlander, we'll see if he comes back. But this team is probably a, still a playoff team with the expanded playoffs this year, and we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But it's five years enough for the Astros front office to say, you know what, we kind of maxed out at five years. Time to go 
kind of break this thing down for parts, at least for some of the players, and try to retool. I know we always want to extend, but not everything is going to be the Spurs, particularly in baseball. Maybe five years is the amount of time, and that's and that's realistic. And then we start over. And that's we see that we've seen Houston teams make those mistakes where they try and keep the window open longer. You know, silent. You know, signing Carlos Lee to that huge deal, and with the Rockets when they had Barkley and Pippen, and you know. You know that sometimes you can get in trouble like that. The baby big three, the first one of the first big threes. People will talk about big threes, and you think, man, they try to do it then. The Lakers try to do it back then too. It just your you, your frame. I mean, your 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 window of opportunity, especially in baseball, is so small that it's always going to come back to, man, if we could have just won one home game, just one home game, we would have just uh, left Grinky in the game. Okay. So it's funny you say that. So I ran a poll and I said on on Twitter. I, I always like to do them in just to see the perspective because that's one good thing about Twitter. It's not very many, but one is that you can see perspectives that you don't even imagine because you're thinking, how can somebody possibly think like that on whatever the subject is? But especially on Hinch, I wrote, what will AJ Hinch will be remembered for here? You know, and it's it's the World Series or or is it Game Seven? What will he be remembered for? Because the way the game, uh, the, the World Series weighs so heavy in your heart because you never had experienced that. You didn't, and, and and it felt so close to your heart that it's it's hard to let that go. But then we talk about this window, and not only did did did, did we as fans see that window open, like man, we have some. We, this is a real team, but that coaching staff also saw that, and that was the window for Hinch to make that move. Some people overwrote that. So I saw it was really close. It was really close with some people saying, you know what, that game seven's always going to stick in my mind. He did too much. Think about it uh, as far as what managers are asked to do, and particularly AO managers who always don't get as much credit as NO managers because, well, you don't switch. Uh, there's no pitching changes in terms of does a pinch hitter come in here type of things. His one move you can lean on as far as the 2017 season and really the World Series is when everyone was saying move Springer down. Yep. Move Springer down. He's struggling. Uh, he left them where it was. Springer won the AL and uh, the World Series MVP. Game uh, game seven in the 2019 World Series. Why'd you take Grinky out? Why wasn't Cole ready to go? Wh- what you cost us a World Series. So how do you how do you evaluate those two moves? If you're going to if you're going to if you're going to uh kind of I don't know judge him on the 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 Grinky move, move. How can you not say give him credit for leaving Springer when the world told him to move him? So how do you judge him? What which one was bigger? I know it was Game Seven. You felt like you're eight outs away, but if you if you move George Springer from leadoff spot, does he become the World Series MVP? Do you win that series? True. No, that's a good point, and that's kind of to the Altuve discussion, right? Like they did decide to move him down, whereas Springer they left him there, and, and you won a World Series. I, I, my biggest thing was Will Harris saying he was tired before that game. Yeah. And then he put him in the game in the most important part. And the Nationals players said after the game, like, man, when we found out Grinky was getting pulled, we were like, man, we got this. They were excited in the dugout. You know that's a problem when the other team's excited about your your decision. Is the landscape of this team right now and going forward different if Cole's ready in that moment? Cole comes in, shuts it down, Astros win. Is everything different right now as far as roster and, and just everything? I think Cole's gone still. I yeah. still think he's gone. But I do believe, I think this season, even with all the uh, the talk and the, uh, the report, I think this season will be looked at as more, as opposed to let's let's prove we were really good. 
everyone's wrongs. Like, we got our two. You guys can say whatever you want. We got two. I mean, this would be an Astro. I know Astro fans, once the season started, people would be into it. But really, you'd be like, you guys can say whatever you want. I believe we just won two of the last three World Series. Yeah. We're good here. No, I think, think Dell's right. It'd be a different feel as as opposed to the back and forth on Twitter from fans. He'd be like, y'all can say what y'all want. We're a mini dynasty. Say what you want. And that's what happened with the Patriots because yes. the talk behind the Patriots during that whole time, they were coming down on them. They were riding down on them. They wanted to take away titles. I wanted to take away titles. I, being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I always started remembering about games in the playoffs, and I kept thinking – these weasels, you know, these, these cheaters, take it away. We, we, need a, we, need a, we need to throw rocks at Brady, you know, whatever the case was. And then shortly after, what'd they do? They won again. Yeah, Tra- they cheated again last year. Brady, <laughs> Brady went on an FU tour and put it to everybody's face. And that's what you have to do to, you have to make them love to hate you. That's what you've been accustomed to. Like, I hate the Patriots, but I love to hate Tom Brady. Years from now, again, because I'm a Steelers guy, he always was the bar. It's like how the Rockets say, man, there's only so good we could have done with the Warriors. I felt the same way with the Steelers. Every time that we went, it was, man, here we go again. It's Brady. That's what you do, but it's just, it just the, 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 the Astros, where they are at right now, man, it, for them to go out there and win, I just don't know if they have that mentality. The, the the bad guy, they have to the 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 Patriots. They took that in. They played that role. Belichick, he's about that life. He's about going up there and giving just a a half ass inter, uh, press conference and saying I'm on to the next week. I'm on to Cincinnati. That's they're about that life. I'm not sure if the Astros are, and that's what scares me. Now, if the Astros go back there and punch him in the mouth somehow this year, then that's when it starts. The talk goes down. But until then. We, we have to see. you got about an hour and 10 minutes left. If you want to get in and talk about Texans, the Astros, if you agree with anything we're saying, is the window closed on the Houston Astros? I hate to use that term, that phrase. Is it up in the air? Like, how is basketball up in the air? Do you relate that same in baseball? Is anything? Is it anybody's game? I don't believe so, as it is in NBA. Give me your thoughts. 713-780-3776. It's The Bench here on ESPN 97.5. SPN 97.5. This is The Bench on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's John Granado and Lance Zerline. Welcome back to the bench. Team Moneyline filling in here on a Wednesday morning. Let's go over to the Twitch chat because it's going down over here. Appreciate all of you chiming in. Big D6472 says Astro's too worried about keeping out Tuve and Astro for life. He's always been one to chase it. Hits. Why not save that money for a Brantley extension who hits for average every year or an extension for both Springer and Correa? I do think the slump is mental, but Altuve is the trash in trash can. The ooh. very next, ooh, tough. Then there, the very next comment says, "You shut your whore mouth." <laughs> so that's uh, that's that's the vibe. Like I said, man, Altuve is is beloved in this city for sure. By no means am I thinking get rid of him. Uh, if you if you think there's something to that, hey, seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Right now, I ask, what's the priority of keeping guys right? Right now, is Georgie up there? If Verlander comes back and says he doesn't need, if the reports were wrong, which I don't think, is that one of the priorities? Uh, or, or well, obviously, he's 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 got one more. But where do you put that money? 
is it time to close that window and open it up in three years again? Like you said, deal Grinky off. If that's even an option, if if the trade value is ever there for Grinky, it's there right now. Yeah. But then if you let go of maybe the only reliable or guy that you trust, I mean, there's other guys right now doing their thing, but do you really trust them? Trust is a strong word. Uh, do we really trust anyone else other than Grinky? It's just, it's just. Dude, Winning games two to one right now—that's that's the tough thing. Guys throwing up eight innings of, of, of scoreless ball or or one hit—it's just tough to to throw Grinky out of that lineup and say, "Man, we're still going forward." If you do that, if you trade Grinky, what does it do for the mentality of those guys that are coming up for contracts, saying, "You know what? This this window is closed." Maybe you know what I mean. And that's just per se. What if it's just like you know what? They closed the window. They're obviously saying it's closed. They're probably going to start rebuilding in three years. Springer gets a uh, an offer somewhere, and he might be. You know, it's time to go. Appreciate it, Houston. Yeah, I think it all comes down to Verlander. If you you got to know if Verlander is right. If he's good to go for next year, then I think you hold on to Grinky and you go all in. I, I think the big deal is going to be. Correa and Springer, because I don't think you can keep both of them. I think you're going to have to pick between one or the other. And we don't even know for sure if Correa might want to leave and just go to a bigger market. You know, that's always been his deal. You know, he's always wanted to be that mega, mega, you know, global star. And, you know, that's New York is usually where those guys end up, you know, or L.A. According to Lance McCullers, Correa is the last guy on that team you want to mess with. Did you see that? I just I, I, I fell out of my chair, man. Like, first off, McCullers doesn't need to be stepping in defending Correa, first off. And second off, man, who in the hell is going to believe that? He came out and talked mess basically just saying because the Joe Kelly thing's still going off. And there's a, there's a, there's a, a new article coming out that McCullers comes out and defends and says basically that Correa got some hands or, or, or he can defend himself fairly well, in other words. I don't know if I believe that. Well, I mean, they're big MMA guys. I think Correa has like an MMA podcast. So, you know, maybe that's the case. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, by no means am I saying I'm going to challenge into a kung fu match, but I'm just throwing that out there. Now, right here, it's not over for the Astros coming for 3-4-6. The offseason will determine, bring back a key guy or two. Turker steps up, or Kitty and another young ste- kid steps into rotation. Paredes c- becomes a solid back-end guy. I mean, all these things are possible. I'm st- Really starting to like what I'm seeing from some of these young pitchers, man. They Christian started- Javier looks fantastic. If you ever get Arkiti back, I mean, this could be a really nice pitching staff. There's look, that's just a lot when you have your entire outfield up for you know new contracts, and then you don't know what's going to happen with Justin Verlander. So, I think the next couple of weeks as the trade deadline approaches, we might actually be able to read into how they play the trade deadline. It might kind of tell us how bad Verlander's injury really is. I got a feeling I I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I'm for sure not hoping for the, for the worst. I mean, I'm hoping for the best, obviously, but I just, I don't have a good feeling about this, the way that it broke. And then the way that they, they, they stopped the, 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 their tracks, they try to stop the press, say no, everything, the way it fell down, it's like they, they're taking extra measures to know before they say, you know what? It's a wrap, and like how we know it on this end, it might be a wrap as for Verlander as an Astro. We talked about this on Moneyline. There's a, there's a good reason for the Astros to not say that Verlander needs Tommy John surgery before the trade deadline. Here's why. You give up leverage. We've talked about this. If every other team in MLB knows that Verlander needs Tommy John surgery and the Astros need a pitcher, 
then you don't have as much leverage if you're trying to acquire another pitcher to replace Verlander. So you want to put off this you know, Verlander, Tommy John stuff until after the trade deadline because you don't want other teams to use that against you. Like, oh, well, we know Justin Verlander is not coming back. We're going to ask for more for this pitcher from you. And you know, a lot of MLB execs said when this happened and the Astros denied it, they're like, yeah, that's how this kind of thing works. Is you say like, oh, he's down for a few weeks. And then once the few weeks pass, and you're like, oh, it should only be another month. And then when that month comes up, you know, you just keep pushing it off. And and that's a smart thing to do. And there's also they might be able to to give him some stem cells in the arm and see how it responds. If the tear isn't that bad, it might be able to replace itself. So there are some options out there. But and maybe this whole thing about him throwing off flat ground, maybe they're just putting that out there to make other teams think like, oh, maybe Verlander's starting to feel better. You know, maybe he's coming back because we do know the trade trade deadline's approaching and you want to make it look like Verlander's as healthy as possible if you do want to go acquire another arm. Yeah, it makes sense. Now, Eric here says, who's saying that they don't have a move to get another Verlander or Greenkey? All these guys came in trade. But remember what the front office was like then? We had we got we had guys stealing guys off the market. We were making moves. I don't. I'm not sure that 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 organization in the front office is is anywhere close to what they were. I'm just not sure as far as deal making. They're unproven. Yeah, I mean James Clicks just took this job before the season. Jeff Luno had been doing this thing for a while. And that's remember we were talking about Luno like the genius of Luno. He does it again. He beat the Verlander trade at the deadline with minutes left. Luno does it again. And now you're expecting this front office to do it? That's again, it's in a different state of uh, of time uh, as far as franchise. And you also got to think about will teams want to deal with the Astros in that mm-hmm. way? I didn't even think about will that. Will teams want to be? Will teams want to hand over, let's just say, premier players to this franchise? Maybe as a little get back. Hey, your deal. Now you say you work in the best. You do things to help your franchise no matter what, but maybe maybe the deal is comparable to the Rangers or the or the A's, and the A's have some prospects that you think are comparable to whatever the Astros are handing out, or maybe maybe a couple position players on on the maybe the Astros are trying to deal for prospects, and the and the uh, the team that they're talking to says, oh, we kind of like the uh, the couple of the A's players a little bit too. We'll deal with them because, you know, we don't want to be seen as helping you guys. You get that in your fantasy football leagues too, right? If, you know, you have, you know, one guy in your league and you don't really like him that much. He still hasn't paid his dues for last year. exactly. And then you have your buddy in the league and the the deals are kind of similar. You make the deal with your buddy. I I, I sense collusion. Y'all heard Josh. He just spilled the beans on himself. Collusion, collusion. Collusion. You got it. It, You deal with people you're comfortable with, especially if the deals are similar. So Dell might be right. If there's a couple similar deals on the table, they may do the deal with the other team instead of the Astros just out of spite. Yeah, if there's a team out there who feels like the Astros screwed them out of something, who knows who it might be. Why would you want to deal with them if there's another team on the table? If that's the case, then everyone's got speed dial O'Brien. (laughs) <laughs> His phone is always buzzing at all times. Yeah, he's got two phones, one for the trade and one for the bad trades. You know, that th- that's it. Like, uh, that's what I always think. Like, what's the process between whenever someone says, who's available? Hopkins? I mean, imagine running to your phone, like, and it's busy, and you're just sitting there dialing it. Come on, come on, get through. Finally, it gets through, and it's like, hello? You're like, Bill, is that you? <laughs> so you, every GM in the NFL, every time they get out of the shower, they run to their cell phone like, Bill? Bill, is that you? They got Texans call? notifications Text, on. Yes. Texans notifications on. Who they're willing to get let go now? Well, we got one hour left of this show. Hopefully you don't let us go. 
Hopefully we can bring it. Hopefully we can close it out. Our window's closing, though. We got an hour left here on the bench, ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5.